0: Well, welcome back to um, our series called Deep Change. And uh, if you weren't here last week or haven't seen the message from last week when we kicked this series off, I really wanna encourage you uh, to go back and to watch that message. Uh, I've had a ton of feedback from people just talking about uh, how how, uh, helpful that message was to them and just beginning to identify um, not only the change that we need in life, but really taking a good, deep, hard look at How Did I Get Here? That was the title of the message from last week. You can't really go to where you want to go until you really understand how you got to where you you are uh, today. I want to. I want to talk about another topic. That uh, another piece of this. When when we get into a place where we feel stuck and 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 we just feel like we've got chains on us and we're not moving forward. We got things in our life that we can't seem to break. Uh, we have. We 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 try and we fail. We try and we fail. And we get into these stuck places. One of the questions that we ask is, "Where is God?" Um, throw that picture up on the screen for me. This guy's name is Nigel Sykes. Uh, Nigel, a few years back, walked into a pizza restaurant uh, in New Jersey and with a gun and uh, was intending to to rob the place. He was threatening all the employees, flashing the gun around, and uh, when one of the employees tending to the register uh, pulled out some money, about $150, Nigel grabbed it out of his hand and was about to take off, and when he did, um, he got grabbed from behind by one of the employees, and then another employee jumped on, and they were able to wrestle Nigel to the ground, and uh, in doing so, they got the gun out of his hand, and they called the police, and uh, the police came and arrested him and and, and took him away what was interesting is that when nigel was charged with armed robbery and uh, actually sentenced to multiple years in prison he filed a lawsuit against the restaurant and the employees saying they were too rough on him uh, for what he did and it's just, it was so interesting when I read this because it's just one of those common stories where you see in the news once in a while where someone is doing something that they don't want to do or they, something that they, they, they want to do and, and, and it's, it's against the law and yet when they get in trouble or they get hurt, they want to sue the very people that they're trying to rob or, or steal from. And uh, it, it reminded me when I read this uh, of how we often do that with God. There's a passage of scripture that really hits you between the eyes, and I I think maybe all of us at least at some point can probably identify with it. It's in Proverbs 19, verse three, and uh, we're gonna throw that up on the screen, and I know you're at home, uh, but it'll help you. Would you read this out loud with me? Proverbs writer says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then what happens? They are angry at the Lord. Think about that. People ruin their own lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Now, I just want you to stay with me for a second here. I wonder how many of us in our stuck places, um, in our inability to have enough personal wherewithal to change our own lives on our own, I wonder how many of us for the circumstances that we find ourselves in Rather than accepting responsibility for ourselves, I wonder how many of us have blamed God. Just think about this for a second. How many of us in this last year have said something like, God, how could you let this happen? How how could you treat me this way? How could you get me into this kind of... Of circumstance, even though ninety nine point nine percent of the time the situations we find ourselves in are a result of our uh, of our own decision making and choices, yet we often blame God, or at least, even if it's if, if we're not blaming God, we're wondering why God doesn't jump in and just save the day. Now, as, as we as we get into this message, I, I want to start today. By just reminding us uh, of five things that you can just always count on with God. Five things that that we know are true from scripture that we just kind of have to put in the back of our mind because this is the kind of God we have. You ready? Here's the first one. He will always love you. He will always love you. In the Old Testament, God says to us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Love. You know what that means? That means no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what your life has been like up till now, it doesn't matter. God loves you. And sometimes, every, people, you know, sometimes either people will, will, will look at us and, and think we're not worthy of love, or sometimes we, we know what we've done and we look at ourselves and go, man, I don't think I'm worthy of love. Uh, sometimes we find, find it hard to believe, but we got to remember that it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. Look at me, just stare into the camera for a second. God loves you. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're at. Don't know what you've done. But I know you may feel like God has abandoned you and walked away, but you need to know he loves you and he always will. Secondly, God really will always be there for you. He will always be there for you. I just used that word a moment ago, abandoned, because sometimes we feel like maybe God has left us. You know, maybe God has gotten tired of me or maybe God washed his hands of me or maybe God's just not showing up. And he, and, but the reality is God promises he will never leave you or forsake you no matter what. And in fact, it's in those times, maybe when we're hurting the most and maybe we're just overwhelmed that it feels like God is a million miles away. But, pro, but Psalm 34 says, you know, God is close to the brokenhearted. And so today, if you're hurting, today, you're stuck. T- today, if you are brokenhearted, you need to know this. God is right there. He will never leave you. He is close. Here's another one that's hard to, hard to imagine. But God will always believe in you. He will always believe in you. Um, you know, I thought about this one time when I was... Uh, reading uh, in Timothy, First 1 Timothy, when Paul was describing himself as the chief of sinners. And Paul, in a very vulnerable moment, says, you know, if there was anyone basically worthy of hell, it would be me. And yet God, Paul says, God chose me to do this incredible work. And, And when you look at paul's life and you look at what he did it's it's hard to imagine that god would be willing to use some like that, someone like that but you you got to get this god never stops believing in us he always not only sees the person we've been and the person that we are god always sees the person that we can become some of you this is an important word for you today Because you think your future is over. You think God has given up on you. You think God can't use you anymore, and you're wrong. Because the Bible's clear. He will never, ever stop believing in you. Another thing we we know from Scripture is that he is always reaching out to us. He's always reaching out to us. I'm writing right now my uh, daily devotional. I'm spending time in the parables, and this, particular, this week I'm, I'm writing about the lost things from Luke 15, the, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And what's so interesting in those is that Jesus just makes it clear that no matter how lost we get, God continues to chase after us. Uh, he continues to go after us. I, I wrote this in my devotional for, uh, that for today here on this Thursday that, that came out. I talked about the fact that, you know, may kings may not ever leave their throne to go after a, a, a subject of their kingdom. Uh, you know, uh, rulers won't abandon their castles. Even, even sheep barons, you know, will sit in offices and not, not move. But God is a good shepherd who never gives up chasing after his sheep. And we're gonna kind of segue into this in just a moment in this message. But you need to know that wherever you are right now, God is reaching out to you. He is speaking, he is reaching just for you. And that gets me to the last thing that we need to know. And that is, he is always working on your behalf. He's always working on your behalf. Um, our, Our memory verse for today is about the fact that our God is a God who never slumbers or sleeps. And often when people you know, will talk to me about a, a tough situation that they're in and they'll say, you know, see, wh- where is God in all of this? And I always say, you know what? I, I, I can't maybe tell you exactly what God's up to, but this is what I can tell you. He is working. He is working. And I wanna, I wanna share with you a passage of Scripture From Exodus chapter two, uh, in this series on deep change, we've been we're we're looking at the story of the Israelites being in Egypt and God uh, helping bring them out and move them to uh, the Promised Land. They were a people who were stuck, and they didn't know how to get out of the situation. They didn't even have the power to get out of that situation. And and you can imagine uh, yourself as the people of God who now have been in Egypt over four hundred years. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're tired, they're, the oppression has grown worse and worse, and they're, they're w- wondering, you know, where is God? Well, let me, let me read for you. In Exodus chapter 2, beginning of verse 1, it says, About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in the basket and she laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked among the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. And when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby sister approached the princess and said, Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, the princess replied. And so the girl went and she called the baby's mother and take this baby and nurse him for me, the the princess told the baby's mother and I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, the mother brought him back to the Pharaoh's daughter who adopted him as her own son and the princess named him Moses for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. You see, the people of Israel, as they were going through all this oppression, had no idea uh, where God was. But God was working. You know, the Pharaoh, when they, when they saw the people of, of God multiplying, the Hebrews were multiplying in Egypt, uh, Pharaoh went to these two midwives. And uh, he, that they, they were, they were delivering the Hebrew babies, and he told them along along with his army, I want you to, I want you to kill every boy that's born. And he was going to try to thin the, thin the population out, and he was going to do that. Um, and and yet, uh, God gave the these midwives, he gave he gave them what they needed to to be able to to work and help deliver these children. And and it's so interesting to see now now we see Moses being born and. And we know the story of Moses growing up and becoming liver. And all I, what I want you to understand is in the middle of this depression, in the midst of what was happening, um, God was at work. The Hebrews had a hard time seeing it, and they couldn't really understand it, probably wouldn't even have believed it that someone told them. But God was working. And here's what I want you to get. Just like God was already working on their behalf No matter where you are or where you're stuck, God is working for you. Now you say, well, Pastor Steve, how is God working for me? I'm glad you asked. Let me give you three ways. You ready? Here's the first one. God is working through people to help you. God is working through people to help you. There's a great story in Esther um, the book of Esther of how God raises up this woman uh, who's a Jew and actually gets her to uh, be a part of the uh, of the of the uh, kingdom uh, there where they were they were kept and it's so interesting because uh, as she is is now the the queen uh, the the king is 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 got has been deceived into this edict where he's going to kill off all the jews and now she's being pushed by her uncle mordecai to go and and come to the king and and make this presentation and do this thing even though in doing so she may lose her life and, um, and and she's struggling with this. And I just love these words of Mordecai in Esther 4.14 because he gives her this challenge and, and it's his, here's what he says. He says, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And it's one of those reminders that... Um, that when Esther was having this nudge, when that Mordecai was nudging with that, that God raises up people for various times in various people's lives. And what I can tell you is in this story that, we, that we're looking at with Moses, God was raising up person after person in this story. Just look at it for a second. Uh, look at how God worked through the midwives. Um, I mentioned the fact that these midwives were delivering these Hebrew boys. But yet, you know, look, look at the fact that, you know, that, that God used them to help preserve these Hebrew boys and, and, and make sure that even Moses got delivered safely. Or, or think about this. God worked through Pharaoh's daughter. Um, you know, think, think what would have happened had Pharaoh's daughter not come on the scene. What would have happened if Moses would have been out there on the Nile River and there wouldn't have been anyone to pick him up? Or, or what if he'd have been spotted by uh, one of the soldiers and, and instead of Pharaoh's daughter? Uh, he, would, he would have been killed and history would have been changed. But God worked through Pharaoh's daughter or God worked through Pharaoh's mother. God worked through, Fa- or through not through Pharaoh's mother. I'm sorry, through Moses's mother. God worked through Moses's mother. Again, she had to, you know, she had to have uh, the, the 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 courage to be able to 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 keep him and hide him and all of that. You know, she could have, if she'd have been a, a, a different person, she might have feared for her own life and uh, revealed her son, and Moses would have been killed, or or she might have done something differently. But God, God, God worked through each one of these particular individuals and as he worked through them he was also working to save the nation he's also working to save the nation God raises up people you know I bet if for a lot of us if we if we took the time we could probably go back through our own lives and see how God raised up, or spoke through certain people exactly when we needed them. Um, my wife, Wanda, um, she uh, tells the story, when she was uh, in about 16, she went through a crisis of faith. Um, she was raised in the church, raised to believe God, raised to believe the Bible. Um, But she had, um, I think, read a couple of books and had been, you know, challenged in a few ways about her faith that she was, uh, she's more of a head person and she was looking for something a little more than just blind faith uh, to kind of wrap her, wrap her hands around this faith that she was claiming as her own and, and she was struggling to do so and she kept asking god to to show her something give her something that would hold her and it was uh, basically a, a, a she was at a, a camp meeting and there was a service in which she said you know god you're going to have to you're going to have to give me some answers or, or i'm walking away and she went to the altar and, and at the end of the service. And I think some friends came down and prayed with her and, and all of that, but, but none, of them, none of them gave her what she needed. And she was crying, really crying. And, and not crying because God was breaking her heart, crying because she knew she was gonna walk away from this faith that had been a part of her life and walk away from what her family held to. And she was gonna walk away from all of this. And it was a real uh, defining moment for her, But after the service, outside of the tabernacle, there was a guy named Rocky who came up to her, who was a pastor. And he started having a conversation with her, and he looked at her, and he said, you didn't get what you were looking for at the altar, did you? And it kind of startled her, and she said no. And so they sat down together, and she asked her questions to Rocky, and Rocky was able to give her some handles to hold on to. I, I want you to. I want you to get this. Rocky didn't answer every question that Wanda had, but he gave her some handles. And the one thing that began to happen was that God spoke through Rocky to let Wanda know that He was real, and He was there. Now, for all of us who who are watching today you know, for these stuck places that you're in, here's what I'm going to tell you. God will work through the people around you. Some of you have already experienced that. You've had people who maybe have challenged you on some of your behavior. Maybe some people who have confronted you about certain things. Maybe you've had some people who have come and they've told you that they, they're concerned about what they see and and, and all of that. And, and, and what's interesting is for some of us, that has even irritated us. And we, we think, you know, we, we push back on people and it's none of your business and, and we don't you know we, we don't like it, our, our pride kicks in and we don't want to share what's going on and we don't want to do it. But what you need to know that it is through people that God often gets our attention. God works through these people around us. Here's the question: Will you be open to the people that he's speaking through? You know, I, I stated this last week, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this over and over again through this series. You are only alone in your challenge that you face if you choose to be. You don't have to do this stuff all by yourself. Can I give you a second thought? Believe it or not, God is working through the circumstances around you. God is working through the circumstances around you. Now that may be hard for some of us to believe, but God really does. In fact, Paul tells us in Romans 828, he says, and if you, again you can read this out loud with me wherever you are, he says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to to his purpose. And again, it's not the things that are working, but in those things that are happening, believe it or not, God is still at work. He is still at work. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, because this is hard for us to wrap. He says, be thankful in what circumstances? In all circumstances. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those of you who belong to Christ Jesus. So this is God's will for those of you who belong through to, to Christ Jesus. In, in other words, you know, again, it's not that we're thankful that bad things happen. Uh, you know, it's not that we're thankful for, you know, for this or that or the other, but it is a fact that, that in the midst of all these circumstances, God is working and, and he's moving the pieces around and, and in things that we can't even begin to imagine, God is at work. Can I give you just a few again from our story? God worked through Pharaoh's mandate. God worked through Pharaoh's mandate. Think this thought with me for a second. If Pharaoh had not made the mandate to kill the, the Hebrew boys, uh, Moses would have not been hidden by his mother for three months and then would not have been put, up, uh, put on the Nile and such would not have been taken in to the, uh, to the palace where he was raised. Now, you remember, if, if you fast forward in the story, Moses is gonna come back to set his people free and he had a working knowledge of how the the Pharaoh's palace worked. Moses was walking back into something he was familiar with. Why? Because he was raised in it. He was raised in it. And so in that mandate that we say, this is a horrible mandate. Yes, it was a horrible mandate. But in the middle of that, God was still working. Or how about this? Some of us would look at Moses' mother and go, how in the world could she put her kid on a river? But God worked through Moses' abandonment. If Moses hadn't been abandoned, um, if, if he hadn't been abandoned like that, uh, you know, again, he would have never been uh, on, uh, gotten into the palace. He would have never been raised as an Egyptian, uh, even though he was a Hebrew, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't have had uh, the, the influence that he had when he came back. Or how about this? God worked through Moses' adoption. God worked through Moses' adoption. A- again, it's hard for us to believe that a mom would put her kid in a river but I want you to notice, did you catch in the story that, that the, the Moses' sister, who was watching all of this, uh, goes to the princess and says, you know, do you need me to find someone to nurse him? And he, she said, yes. And, and she goes and she brings Mo, gets Moses' mother to come back. And she actually, the mother takes oh, So it was God working through that abandonment. It was in Moses' mother giving up her child that God was able to give her child Back. And think this thought with me too. This is really cool. Yes, again, when we think of uh, children being nursed, we often only nurse them for a a short period of time. But in Moses' day, it was not unusual at all for kids to be uh, nursed by their mother until they were three or four years of age. Um, They didn't have baby food back in the day. They didn't have formula back in the day, and so they, you know, they they often, you know, they often kept kept the 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 baby from being weaned uh, till as long as they could. So here's Moses being raised by his mother, being nursed by his mother, and as he grows to be three or four years of age, he's realizing this is my home. These are my roots. So when he did move into the palace, he still knew where he had come from. And that's an important piece that God uses in the story a little later on. I don't know your circumstances. Here's what I do know, though. God is at work in them. God is at work in them. There's a guy uh, named Nicholas who uh, wrote, a, wrote a great testimony that I, I read online. Um, he said that the worst day of his life was the day that he found himself in the, black, the, the back of a police car, handcuffed. And he said, you know, <laughs> he asked the question that I started with last week. He's, he, he's being arrested. He's handcuffed. He's being taken to jail. And his question was, how did I get here? It was in that moment that he began to realize that his life was not going in the trajectory of the direction that he wanted it to go. And so he, he ended up, he, he got to jail. He he called his father who posted his bail and uh, he, he talked to a lawyer and he asked the lawyer, you know, what, what is he facing? And the lawyer said, well, a best case scenario would be that they would dismiss the charges and obviously you'd walk free. He said, the worst case scenario for the crime you're being accused of is you could do two years in prison. And 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 Nicholas said this was a defining moment for him, a breaking moment. And um, you know he had never been a church goer, he had never been a, a believer, but he had he had a friend, a guy named matt who was who was a pastor uh, that he had gotten to know a little bit, and he called him and he began to meet with him and he he just began to talk to him about his life and uh, and as he opened up to this pastor, this pastor was able to share with him the love of god and and how God uh, still cared about him and how God still wanted to use him and and Nicholas surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, uh, and finally, when, when his court case came, when he went to, went to the courthouse for his, for his hearing, uh, the judge called him to the front, and they, they came up together with his lawyer and the prosecutor. And he said, the prosecutor has dismissed the charges. And he was able to walk out of there a free man. And Nicholas said, the first guy that I called was my pastor, and uh, I called Matt and, and let him know what, what was going on. And, uh, and he talked about, he said, "I Pastor, I've gotten a second chance on life. Um, and he had a, a really cool picture. He said, I got baptized on August 22nd, 2021. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's Nicholas hugging. And, and uh, here, here's what he says. He said, I remember standing in the baptism pool, crying my eyes out because I was so happy that God had given me a second chance. And now I'm uh, a change maker, in part of the Chain Maker Ministries, uh, change maker ministries on weekends and I've met some of the greatest people in the world. And he said, I hope my story shows people how God can work in their life and that we don't have to go through things alone. Now listen to this statement because I thought this was huge. He said, I learned that the worst thing that ever happened to me actually turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because it led me to God. In all circumstances, God is at work. Now, please hear my heart. I'm not happy that you're in a tough place. I'm not happy that you're in a place where you may be hurting or suffering. I'm not happy that you're in a place where you may feel really stuck. But here's what you need to know. Sometimes it's in the midst of those circumstances that God does his best work. I'm gonna give you one more. God is working through his spirit to strengthen you and to guide you. God is working through his spirit to strengthen and guide you. You know, in Genesis 1, it talks about how before God created everything, that the Spirit of God was hovering in the darkness. And from that moment till now, God's Spirit has always been hovering over and moving among us. And again, in our story, you can see the Spirit of God at work. For instance, who do you think gave courage to the midwives? Who do you think gave courage to the midwives? These midwives were under the threat of the most powerful king on the earth. Where in the world did they find the courage to, to disobey Pharaoh and honor God? Where did they get that? That was the spirit of God. Or who do you think pointed out to Moses' mother that Moses was special? You notice that in the story? She saw that he was special. That was the spirit of God moving on Moses' mother's heart, letting her know you've got someone special here. Or or who do you think gave Moses' mother the faith to let him go? How in the world do you you find the faith to let your child go like that? It was the spirit of God who gave her that faith. Or, Or who do you think put empathy in the princess's heart? Who was it, do you think, that moved her to take this Hebrew child into her home and raise him as her own? What, who did that? It was the Spirit of God. Look at me. And the Spirit of God is all around you, and he is moving upon you. Those nudges that you sometimes feel in your heart, those tugs that you feel to surrender to God, those those nudges and and bumps that you feel to to change the way you're living, to to take a different path, to to give it all to God, where do you think that comes from? It comes from the Spirit of God, and he alone is the one that can give you the strength to get out of the change that you're in and follow the path that he has for you. Man, I, I love, I, I love the, the prayer that the psalmist prays in Psalm 143. Again, read it with me if you're watching. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. Here's my challenge to you today. God is speaking. Are you listening? Are you ready to surrender your heart, your life, your choices over to the Spirit of God? God is working. He's working through people. He's working in your circumstances. And he's working through his spirit to help you become the person that he knows you can be. Ah, oh, today, would you make a good choice? Would you make the choice to follow the leading of God's Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Oh God, how we thank you today. How we thank you that you never stop loving us. How we thank you that you never give up on us and you don't abandon us. How we thank you that you never stop believing in us. And how we thank you today, Lord, that you never stop working in our lives. Father, today, you know exactly where we're at and you know where we need to be. And Father, for some of us, we've been stuck in this place for a long, long time. But today, Lord, we want to take a step forward in faith. We've tried doing this by ourselves. We've tried following our own earthly wisdom. Uh, We've tried to listen to other people. But today, Lord, we want to hone in on what your Holy Spirit is saying to us. We want to follow you. And so today, Lord, we humble our hearts. We take down every barrier that has kept you at arm's distance. And we ask now, oh, Holy Spirit, speak to our minds. Speak to our hearts. Stretch out your hand and take hold of ours. Father, give us the wisdom to follow your path and give us the strength that we need to do that one day at a time. Lord, I don't know how many times in our journey we ask that question, where is God? And the answer is, you're right here, all around us at work on our behalf. Father, help us to surrender our lives to the work you wanna do in us and through us. These things we pray in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and everyone said, amen and amen.